Hey, I'm Andy. I'm Andy. And you're listening to the HMO Podcast. Over 10 years ago, I set myself the challenge of building my own property portfolio. And what began as a short-term investment plan soon became a long-term commitment to change the way young people live together. I've now built several successful businesses, I've raised millions of pounds of investment, and I've managed thousands of tenants. Join me and some very special guests to discover the tips, tricks, and hacks, the ups and the downs, the best practice, and everything else you need to know to start, scale, and systemize your very own HMO portfolio. Now. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the HMO Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Andy Graham, and in today's episode, I'm going to do something a little bit different. Today's episode, I'm going to talk about me <laughs> and uh, not HMOs, but hopefully that gives you an opportunity to get to know me a little bit better. And maybe you'll find that there's a lot in common between us and maybe some things will surprise you and maybe some of the achievements I've made in property and building businesses won't seem at all that difficult to achieve when you realize maybe and hopefully that I'm just a pretty normal guy with my own challenges and other stuff going on as well. And you might also be interested to know that property isn't my entire life. And actually to make a success of this and to build a great property business or portfolio, you don't have to commit your entire life to property. So let's do it. Let's have some fun. Stick with me. And I'm going to share 20 things about me that I bet you don't already know. Hey guys, it's Andy here. We're going to be getting back to the podcast in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you very quickly about the HMO Roadmap. Now, if you're serious about replacing your income, or perhaps you've already got a HMO portfolio that you want to scale up, then the HMO Roadmap really is your one-stop shop. Inside the Roadmap, you'll find a full 60-lesson course delivered by me, teaching you how to find more deals, how to fund more deals and raise private finance, how to refurbish great properties, how to fill them with great tenants that stay for longer, and how to manage your properties and tenants for the future. We've also got guest workshops added every single month. We've got new videos added every single week about all sorts of topics. We've got We've got downloadable resources, cheat sheets and swipe files to help you. We've got case studies from guests and community members who are doing incredible projects that you can learn from. And we've also built an application just for you that allows you to appraise and evaluate your deals, stack them side by side and track the key metrics that are most important to you. To find out more, head to the hmoroadmap.co.uk now and come and join our incredible community of HMO property investors. Okay, welcome back to the podcast. So I'm going to share 20 things about me that I bet you don't already know. I'm going to have some fun. Hopefully you learn a little bit more about me and uh, it can get to know me a little bit better. And hopefully you just realise that I'm a pretty normal dude doing pretty normal stuff. And I just happen to have an interest in property, but actually property is not my whole life. And you don't have to commit absolutely everything and all of your time and every aspect of your life to property if you want to build a decent business out of it. So in no particular order whatsoever, and Gemma has given me some help here. I asked Gemma. She threw a few things into uh, the hat. Let's do it. Number one, then. I love business more than I do property. I actually love the process of building businesses, systems and operations and taking on some risk and problem solving and kind of finding ways to struggle through problems, which is pretty much what business is all about. I actually love that and that process far more than I do property. I love parts of property. I particularly love doing a good deal and I love creating great spaces, 
But I don't love every aspect of property. I don't love how long it all takes. And I don't love some of the people you have to deal with. And I don't love managing property, although that's a key part of, of what I do in one of my businesses. I love the process of building businesses. And I think that that's really important. If you want to just be a portfolio owner and have a few properties, you don't really need to be a business owner per se. But actually, if you want to build a proper property business that can grow with team members and, and can grow when you're not around and doesn't require you to be there all the time, then you need to build a business. And and I thrive on that. And I love that process. And I, I would recommend anyone who, who kind of gets a buzz from building things really considers building a business. It's so rewarding. And of course, if you do it and do it successfully, and don't get me wrong, I've started a few businesses that were terrible and went nowhere, including my first physio business, which was rubbish and uh, made no money. But it can be highly rewarding. And if you get it right, obviously it can make you a lot of money, free you up, give you your time back, give you a lot of choice over what you do with your life. And that is for me, one of the best rewards possible. So number one, I love business more than I love property. Number two, Okay, so I've had or own HMOs in different parts of the country, and this might surprise you. So um, I'm sure that you would expect me to say Sheffield or South Yorkshire. So yes, that's on the list, but also Cornwall, Leicestershire, Nottinghamshire, uh, Calderdale, which is kind of the Halifax area, uh, Greater Manchester, and and Cheshire and Chester West. And uh, so I've kind of bought, owned, managed HMOs across all of these different areas. So Actually, yeah, that kind of spans a good part of the country and all of these markets behave differently. And that's one of the reasons why I've collected a lot of experience and knowledge. And it's been really helpful and interesting to see how the model works differently in different places, to understand different markets. And also I've learned a huge amount. I've made mistakes dipping in and out of markets that I didn't know so well. I've had my fingers burnt here and there, but also I've realised that you can teach yourself a huge amount. Uh, actually, if you really commit to something, to learning about something and becoming an expert, you can apply the strategy, the model to pretty much anywhere in the country and it can work and it can be incredibly successful. So looking back, um, I've got some great memories. Like the HMO I did in Cornwall was was one of my favourite projects ever. It's a really, really expensive project. I was right out on a limb down there, didn't have much support and made it work and, and did an incredible project and sold that on actually just before the, the stamp duty change happened. I think it was several years ago, was it 2016 or something like that? But yeah, all these markets behave differently and I still have stuff in several different cities as well. So that actually is still a huge part of my, my business, my portfolio. Number three then, I'm not from Sheffield. I live in Sheffield. I live in Sheffield because that's where I studied. I studied here as a physio, but I'm actually from Manchester. I'm from North Manchester. I'm a Red fan. I'm a true proper United fan. I live next door to a Man United pub. Uh, I used to go to the games with dad and my uncle. I uh, haven't been for years, but would love to. I just don't get the time uh, and the opportunity to travel over there that much now. But my mum and dad are still over in Manchester. My sister's moved up north. But my roots are definitely in Manchester. I love everything about Manchester. I love the city. I love all the memories I've got of being a young boy growing up in Manchester and the music and like I'm a huge Oasis fan and Stone Roses fan. And I know that sounds so cliche, but when you're from Manchester and you grew up in Manchester and all that was happening, that was a really exciting time to be, to be in Manchester. So I'm not from Sheffield, I'm from Manchester and I support United. Okay, number four, and I don't say anything, but I train in the gym at least five times a week. And I have done since I was 16. Now, I know I don't maybe look 
like I do that much training now. I tend to not do loads and loads of weights, but actually back in the day, as a younger lad, I had a bit of meat on these bones. I played a lot of rugby and actually strength and conditioning was a huge part of my my routine. And I love it. I love training. And for me, it is a huge part of keeping myself in tune. Certainly on a mindset point, it de-stresses me. When I get in the gym, I'm not thinking about work. It's one of the only times I'm genuinely not thinking about work. I pick up the weights and I just train. And uh, it's relaxing for me. It's rewarding in a very different way. Obviously, it keeps me fit, keeps me on my toes. I enjoy the buzz I get from it. And I I prioritise health. You know, as a physio, I think health and fitness is a huge part of life and and leading a healthy lifestyle. But I don't think it's easy for many people to to run a business if actually you haven't got that bit covered as well. I think you've got to have a healthy body and a healthy mind. So I'm not one of those people who goes in the gym and takes photos and puts my phone on the stand and records myself doing bench presses, but I'm there five times a week, minimum training in the gym. Number five then. Okay. So not many people know this, and this is probably the single biggest limitation to everything I do. I have a pretty serious neurological condition called cluster headaches. And it affects me most days. Uh, As you can imagine, it's pretty much a condition where you you get headaches. I get a lot of headaches and some of those headaches, I can, you know, they can just be in the background and they don't bother me at all. But when the cluster headaches are kind of really apparent and I go through episodes of these, uh, not even every year, but uh, I think the last time was about 18 months ago, when they're there, they can be almost debilitating. They're certainly debilitating while they happen and, and uh, they're sort of regarded as, as one of the most painful things that you can experience and they are truly, truly awful. They're scary. It's not just headaches. There's a whole variety of symptoms that come with them. It took me years to get a diagnosis. I was misdiagnosed as having migraine. When I'm in a cluster episode, I have to take some really awful and strange medications. One of those is cardiac medication, which kind of has a strange side effect of actually treating this condition for some reason. They don't quite know why. And so it's a really weird one. I think as I get older, they might reduce, but it's just me. It's who I am. I've had them for as long as I can remember. And at times it has been incredibly difficult. You know, anyone who's suffered with anything like migraines might be able to understand, but cluster headaches are kind of on another level altogether. And fortunately, when they're really bad, you know, Jem's able to help me and stuff like that. But without having a team, without having my assets and stuff like that, it would be one of those things that would worry me. Uh, In my old jobs, when I was working and it was undiagnosed, it, it was a bit of a problem at times, you know, there were episodes where I physically could not work because I was incapacitated with these these headaches. Now I managed to control them much, much better. And, you know, that means making some sacrifices and uh, certainly means living almost by a really regularised routine, which sounds really boring, but I get up at the same time. I go to bed at the same time. I tend not to stray too much from, from that routine. And when I do, actually, that's one of the things that really can trigger stuff. So, yeah, cluster headaches. It's terrible. I've found ways of dealing with it over the years. It's me. It's not just going to go away. There's no cure for it, but it is something that I have had to balance and and kind of build my businesses despite. And, and it's definitely been probably, no, it has definitely been my single biggest personal challenge. 
Okay, number six. I don't read that much. I, I know that books the trend a little bit. I know it's kind of cool in the property education space to say that you read loads of books, but honestly, I, I, I don't. I'm not a massive reader. I do like reading when I can find the time to do it, but I often prioritise other things. And when I force myself to read and I'm thinking about other stuff, I don't enjoy reading that much. I do uh, listen to a lot of audio books mostly business books. And the books I do read tend to be about, that sounds really weird, but I love reading about natural sciences and and things like that. So it wouldn't be most people's cup of tea, but there you go. Number seven, then I I speak to my mum most days. There you go. Mum probably understands my business more than anybody else. She is often a a kind of a great sounding board and, and kind of will always bring me back down to earth and bring me down a peg or two when that's needed. She's often a voice of reason. She can often be kind of the one that maybe tries to dissuade me from doing certain things. She's very risk averse. And usually when she's trying to persuade me not to do something, I can I can see that there might be a good reason to do it because there's probably a good reward for taking on that risk. But yeah, huge part of my life. Uh, I owe a huge amount of what I've done. I've been able to achieve to, to mum and dad. She's still quite involved in, in my property stuff and, and helps uh, on a on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis with some of the decisions about about some of the properties and some of the work that's happening. Number eight then, I almost never switch off. I find it incredibly difficult to switch off. I'm one of those people that goes on holiday and finds it difficult to switch off. I need to check my emails, I need to check my phone, I need to just check in on work and I don't need to, but it's just me. I find it very, very difficult to switch off. Honestly, the only way that I've ever found to switch off is to fuel myself with adrenaline and train. So getting in the gym and then doing things like my mountain biking and other sports that kind of get that adrenaline going. And that's why I prioritise it because it's important. We've all got to switch off at some point. How Gemma tolerates it, I have no idea though. Number nine then, I walk the dog every single day. It's a non-negotiable of mine. Sometimes when the weather's awful, you know, I really don't feel like it, but actually it gets me up and away from my desk. It takes me to a different environment. I can still think and plan. And actually I've done a huge amount of business planning on my dog walks. I get 45 minutes with Hugo. He'll potter around, chase and chew some sticks. And um, it's it's a nice opportunity for me to not answer the phone. Often I'll, I'll walk where I don't have signal and I can just have a think about stuff. And actually there's a huge value in being able to do that. I love taking Hugo for a walk for that very reason. Of course, at the weekends, we like to go for big, long walks. We'll do big treks and we like to go up mountains and things like that. But certainly in the week, I still manage to find 45 minutes every single day to take him out for a walk. Number 10. Now, if you listen to one of my earlier podcasts where I shared my story, I did share this part because this was kind of sandwiched in the middle of the earlier stage of building my portfolio and business. But I was 26. I was living in Cornwall. I was getting some neck pain. One thing led to another, had some tests and long story short is I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. I was 26 years old. It was obviously sort of shell shocking news. It really kind of shook us, particularly mum, who is a bit of a warrior. And uh, it changed my approach to everything. It changed the way I thought about everything. It was the catalyst to leaving work. I had some surgery. I'm absolutely fine now. I'm signed off. I'm several years clear and I'm all absolutely good. But at that time I was probably fitter than I'd ever been yet still got this. I ate healthy, didn't really ever drink much, did lots of sports and exercise. It was one of those things that you, or one certainly like me, would just never expect to happen. It was something that happened to other people. And I learned a lesson, a very quick, harsh lesson, and uh, I'll never forget it. 
but it's definitely changed the way I've approached a lot of things in, in life. Number 11 then, snowboarding is my absolute passion, my greatest passion, my number one passion. I've done it all over the world. I've lived in different parts of the world. I've lived in France. I've lived in Canada. I've traveled all over. And for me, it is one of the reasons why I get up and go to work every single day, because that week or two in the mountains, and I used to spend much longer there, but that week or two in the mountains is my reward. And in an ideal world, I would pick everything up and maybe put it in the mountains. But that isn't feasible for me um, with family and, and business and things like that. And that's okay. That compromise is fine with me, but getting out to the mountains is my absolute passion. Number 12 then, this might not come as a surprise to you, but maybe it will. I'm a saver. I'm not a spender. Most of the spending I do happens via Gemma. I think she vicariously spends through me to make herself feel better about the stuff that she spends money on. But yeah, I'm generally a saver. I like to save up things. And what I will do is I'll then treat myself to something quite big every now and then. But very rarely will I go and do any clothes shopping or buy anything for myself. It's just it's just not me. Number 13 then. Okay, my my most expensive toy off the back of this one, I guess my most expensive toy that I've ever bought is my e-bike. It was last year in the lockdown and granted it was 5,000 quid, but oh boy, do I love it. It is so much fun. I just take it out. I go for an absolute blast up the hills, up the the big hills in the Peak District. I take it everywhere. I can cover 30, 40, 50 kilometres on my bike. I can get right out there. I can explore. I can go to different places. I see all this wildlife. And then I can zoom down these hills really, really fast. Don't tell Gemma and don't tell my mum and get that big hit of adrenaline that I I love and need. So yeah, my e-bike, 5,000 quid, but absolutely worth every penny. Okay, number 14. I never wake up to an alarm. I don't set an alarm whatsoever. I start most days, I actually start my work between eight and nine, depending on how long I decide to to take to eat my breakfast or whether I've got any other little bits and pieces that I want to do before I start work. But generally speaking, yeah, I don't set any alarm whatsoever and I get up and I'll start work between eight and nine o'clock. Doesn't sound that cool, does it? A lot of people saying that they start work or they're part of the 5am club. Definitely not me whatsoever. Okay, my favourite film, number 15. My favourite film is Gladiator. Mm, I think that's a lot of people's favourite film, isn't it? But for good reason, because it's amazing. Closely followed in second place by Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. An absolute classic. Of course, starred by Kevin Cosner. Got so many great memories of watching that film with dad. We used to have a caravan up in the Lake District and we, we would go there as kids with mum and dad every weekend. And dad would just, no matter how many times I asked him we wanted to watch that film, dad would just put that film on. And I'm, it's actually because it's dad's favourite film as well. I know it's his favourite film. Or maybe it's Gladiator. But yeah, we both absolutely love that film and I still love both those films. But Gladiator takes the number one spot for me. Number 16, I play the guitar. I bet not many people know that because it's not something I really put on social media. In honesty, the last couple of years, I haven't played anywhere near as much as I used to, but I do love playing. I play predominantly acoustic. I predominantly just like to play and write my own stuff. I don't sing. I, I, well, I'm a terrible singer. The guitar I've got is a Martin, which is a beautiful guitar. Cost me about six or seven hundred pounds, and uh, I absolutely love it. Okay, number 17 then. 
this is one of Gemma's, actually. This was something Gemma put on the list. My cooking speciality, and I have to be honest, I'm not a massive chef. I do enjoy cooking, but it's one of those things that at this stage in my life, I just haven't found the time to prioritise. And um, because I can't prioritise it, I often lack the ability to research and find new stuff and test new stuff. So I'm a bit of a lazy chef. But Gemma says that my speciality is dauphinoise potatoes and I'll take it. I will take that. Thank you very much, Gemma. Number 18, I travelled across India a few years ago in a tuk-tuk. I literally did this, jumped in a tuk-tuk with my mates and we drove from the top of India right down to the bottom, which is a hell of a long way, insanely dangerous if you know anything about India and the Indian roads. Did ultimately crash it and write this tiny tuk-tuk off into the back of a truck, which was a terrible experience. We all got out safely just with a few bumps and and scrapes. We did make it to the very end after a kind of on-the-road repair job, which in India, it means something entirely different to the UK. But what a trip that was. Learned a huge amount about myself, raised a load of money for charity, met lots of friends, and wow, saw some incredible things that uh, I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget. Would highly recommend India to anybody, but be prepared. (laughs) Be prepared. Number 19, I cannot grow a full beard. Just reading my list back now, I don't know if this is one that Gemma put on or one that I put on, but it's true, I can't grow a full beard. It's ever so disappointing. I see guys with these amazingly cool beards and I wish I could grow one, but I just can't. Number 20 then, finally. This might surprise you, might not surprise you. I have said it before, maybe in a Facebook post or one of the Facebook lives, but... Despite all this property stuff I do and having all these properties and managing all these properties, I am utterly terrible slash almost useless when it comes to DIY. I don't even like putting a screw in the wall because I so often just get it wrong. So, of course, I just outsource it and I ask the guys to come over and do any of my DIY, which I know is terrible and almost embarrassing. I'm almost embarrassed to tell you. But there you go. That's it. So 20 things about me. I'm not going to go back through the list, but there you go. I hope you've learned a few things about me. Maybe you've just realised that we're similar in some ways, maybe dissimilar in some ways, but hopefully you just realise I'm a pretty normal guy. And you know what? Honestly, property is not my absolute be-all and end-all. I do love property. I do love building my property businesses, but I love it so I can do this other stuff. I love it so I can play the guitar. I love it so that I can find time to go and train in the week and go to the gym. I love it so I can go snowboarding. I love it so I can try different things and go to different places. And I love it because it gives me balance and it gives me fulfilment and it gives me purpose. And I think when I used to have a job as a physio, I I struggled to find that. I didn't get that feeling of content going to work. I didn't feel that same purpose. And so all this stuff I did do all never felt quite as enjoyable as it does now. And that's something I've learned as I've got older. And maybe that's just a part of getting older as well. I don't know. But I think for me, it's certainly something to do with the fact that I've built this lifestyle and created this ability for me to do this all on my own terms. And that just makes it all so much sweeter. That's it for today's rather different episode of the HMO podcast. Hopefully you feel like you know me a little bit better now, but hopefully I haven't overshared. (laughs) Don't forget that I'm over in the HMO community. I'm on hand with the community to offer you more guidance and support. So if you've got any questions, need some support and guidance about anything to do with building your HMO property business, then that is the place to start. And 
Don't forget that if you want the nitty gritty, the detail, if you want the how to, the A to Z, the downloadable resources, the cheat sheets, the worksheets, the swipe files, if you want the courses and everything else, then it's all there waiting for you inside the HMO roadmap and it will cost you less than a cup of coffee every single day. Join me next time right back here in the same place for another installment of the HMO podcast. Thank you.